Hello, my name is Sarah Sloan, and you're listening to The Sarah Sloan Show. I hope you guys are doing well. And if you're not, don't bother to tell me. I don't need to know everything, okay? Some of the emails I get. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm here with my father. We're going to discuss the news. Uh, First story I wanted to kind of dig into was one that we saw as a notification early in the morning today from the Epoch Times. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Supreme Court, they ordered uh, the Biden administration to reinstate the remain in Mexico policy, which was a Trump policy that had been actually very effective. So I'll read a little bit of the story. The Supreme Court has ordered the Biden administration to reinstate the Trump-era remain-in-Mexico policy, which requires people seeking asylum to wait in Mexico until their case is heard. So they wrote this on the 24th of August, that the Biden administration had failed to show that it hadn't acted in an arbitrary and capricious manner when it rescinded the policy, officially known as Migrant Protection Protocols Program, uh, started in 2019 under Trump. The court cited its opinion from 2020 that rejected the Trump administration's effort to end a separate immigration program, the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, better known as DACA. In that decision, the court ruled that ending DACA would be arbitrary and capricious and in violation of federal law. So that's very interesting. Um, Joe Biden, he suspended that uh, MPP program in January. And the Department of Homeland Security officially terminated terminated the policy in June, telling employees in a memo that it would no longer enforce the program. And yeah, basically, uh, once that happened, there was a lawsuit from Texas, Missouri, and the attorney generals were arguing that um, Mayorka, who's the DHS secretary, he had failed to provide reasoned justification to suspend the program. So basically, a Trump appointee, the U.S. District Judge Matthew Kaczmarek, I, I knew I was going to have trouble saying that, mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he ordered Biden to revive the program. And um, yeah, but stayed his ruling until August 21st to provide time for appeal. Yeah, basically the Supreme Court could have overruled that and said no you don't have to reinstate but they basically decided no we agree with that lower court ruling and therefore that order stands which means yes it must be reinstated yeah yeah and so um yeah they were one of the courts the fifth circuit they said that the termination of this program it's caused an increase in unlawful immigration in Texas and that Mayorkas failed to consider several relevant factors, including there were a lot of benefits from this program and uh, potential alternatives to the program, which is very much true. We've had crazy numbers of people just flooding our border. Mm-hmm. Yet, interestingly mm-hmm. enough, the people in Afghanistan uh, that are Christians, and we have documentation that they are, they don't want to take them. Mm. And they also didn't want to take the people of Cuba. Wow. So, uh, pretty interesting there. You know, I really can't understand all this, you know, how even courts are the ones deciding. It really just, to me, seems very much a policy thing. Uh, And just judging whether 
ending a program as arbitrary and capricious, you know, that doesn't sound like constitutional interpretation or anything. So I, anyway, <clears throat> I don't really understand it. I, I know remaining in Mexico is a good thing, and I know that rescinding it was bad. But um, how a court comes to that, I really still don't fully understand. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and obviously it was the Breyer, Sotomayor, Kagan, you know. They opposed that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they would have granted uh, Biden's request to keep to keep the program, uh, or, sorry, to keep the blockage of the mm-hmm. program. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Getting confusing. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that Breyer <coughs> is resisting uh, all these requests for him to uh, step down. Yeah, actually, uh, Bill Mayer in his show, he was talking about it, and he was saying, uh, did you not watch what just happened with Ruth Bader Ginsburg? Uh, she thought that she could tough it out, too. She had all mm. her workout videos showing how amazing she was, and then she died. <laughs> yeah, so, so he's like, don't think that you're so special, and uh, maybe you should just step down and give us the opportunity to get someone in. You know, and maybe he's thinking, <clears throat> well, um, I'm kind of enjoying this, and... When I'm dead, it won't really matter to me. The interest, yeah, uh, I agree. That's probably what he's thinking. And I understand it's self-interest. Mm-hmm. And it, it was all Democrats on Bill Mayer's panel. And one of them brought up, that's why we should have term limits. The fact that we have these people here for life uh, that are unelected is absolutely ridiculous. And I was like, oh, wow, a Democrat <laughs> saying that. That was amazing. Why don't we start with Congress? Oh, Yeah. Then maybe Supreme Court after that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm with you there. Just all of it. Mm -hmm. All of it needs term limits. Um, Yeah, this was relatively encouraging Mm -hmm. to see. And, you know, if you get deep into the weeds and the conspiracies, you know, did they, did Biden kind of ask for this or something? Mm -hmm. You never know. Yeah, to give him kind of an out. Yes, because he's been trying to keep this like, I I want everyone to come through because Mm -hmm. the liberals like it. Um, but it is starting to get really bad. So, And this way he doesn't have to act and look like he's um, doing a 180. Yeah. Uh, you know, which in a sense, losing face. <clears throat> if he would do something like that, uh, giving in to the conservatives or whatever. Uh, this way he, you know, just has to do it because of the court order. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I couldn't help it, you know. Mm-hmm. He likes to do that a lot anyway. Uh, what was it? A, a reporter asked him about if we were going to be able to get, uh, you know, get all the Americans out of As- Afghanistan. Uh, what would happen if some of the Americans were still in Afghanistan after the deadline or the cutoff? Which is August 31st. Right. Which is so stupid because we're basically working with the Taliban's deadlines whenever we are the strongest country on the, in the face of the planet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're letting this little group of uh, idiots control what we do somehow. Um, but what did he do? <laughs> well, I think he smirked and then he said, you'll be the first one to know uh, to that reporter. Yeah, so our president smirked when he asked that question. And made a joke. And yeah, and said, you'll be the first one to know. However, those words were not heard very loudly because they had turned off his mic. And the only reason we even know it was said was because that reporter tweeted it mm, and mm-hmm. said, this is what he said to me. Right. And yeah, so someone put, uh, whoever's cutting off his mic is the one that's running the presidency, which is <laughs> in a way true. You know, you wonder <clears throat> behind it, I know it seemed kind of 
detail oriented, but <clears throat> you know who was behind that? Yeah, uh, cutting off the mic and was that accidental? You know, oh, we thought he was done with the whole press conference, so therefore, or did they feel like oh, he's going to mess that one up, or uh, that was the little, you know, no more unscripted questions. We told him he's going to do it. We're going to cut him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, okay, so here's a question for you. Let's see if you can get it right. Maybe two guesses. Uh, which country do you think has the lowest vaccination rate, COVID vaccination rate? Wow. United States? No. <laughs> but that's a good guess. <laughs> no, it's been pushing us so hard. <laughs> um, and we're giving them out like crazy. <laughs> Brazil? No. Okay, those are your two guesses. Mm-hmm. Um, any last-minute guess? <laughs> I, you know, I can't think of any that... Um, Greenland? No. no. <laughs> okay, so it is Vietnam. Mm. They have the lowest one. Isn't that where... Kamala's going. Yeah. yeah, so that is the next story that we're going to discuss. Is she trying to uh, persuade them in with regard to? Yes, so basically uh, she uh, went there, which was also kind of ironic just because um, the... And I'm trying to understand this history. I, I didn't fully understand it, but we uh, apparently we had people in Vietnam that were trying to flee the country, um, and it was reminiscent of what happened in Afghanistan. And so everyone's saying, isn't this like Saigon, Vietnam? Mm, isn't mm-hmm. this like Saigon? Everybody's saying that. So then it's it's ironic that while this is happening right now, Kamala Harris visits Vietnam. That's true. So... Uh, but basically, she called on Vietnam to support the United States effort to confront China's bullying in the South China Sea on August 25th, a day after she outlined the Biden administration's foreign policy plan for the Indo-Pacific region in a speech in Singapore. She also announced a new COVID-19 vaccine donation to Vietnam in an apparent effort to counter China's vaccine diplomacy. Pl- diplomacy. So this is a... Um, This is a quote from her. We need to find ways to pressure and raise the pressure, frankly, on Beijing to abide by the United Nations Convention on the Law of the Sea and to challenge its bullying and excessive maritime claims. So, Mm. (laughs) um, yeah, which I don't even, I guess I didn't know too much about all this drama that's happening on the seas and Mm. China's control. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it's a few day trip and... um, She's just meeting with a lot of le- a lot of leaders. She's going to leave on the 26th, so that's tomorrow. Um, she criticized China's maritime behavior in her speech in Singapore, saying that chi- the Chinese actions have amounted to coercion and intimidation. Those actions undermine the rule-based order and threaten the sovereignty of nations. Mm. So uh, just for a, a little bit of exp- explanation, um, Beijing has taken on aggressive tactics to stake its claims in the South China Sea despite a 2016 international arbitration ruling invalidating China's territorial assertion. Those tactics include sending maritime militia and law enforcement vessels to prevent fishermen from other countries from accessing fishing grounds in the disputed waters, as well as sending research and survey ships into nearby nations' exclusive economic zones. Mm, Wow. Crazy. So they're kind of, uh, well, they're policing what they consider their territories and they're probably infringing upon others. Which like typically, you know, the water is just Mm. kind of free reign. You don't usually dominate the water. 
Uh, it could be within a certain distance, you know, yeah, yeah. on the shore. But anyway, you know, there's all kinds of disputed areas, you know, from Taiwan and Hong Kong. And Oh, but get this. It's Brunei, Malaysia, Philippines, Taiwan, and Vietnam. They're all oh facing my. these disputes with China. Right. Yeah, and they've, of course, talked about China wanting to take back Taiwan. So yeah. anyway, there's a lot to this. And, you know, it's interesting, obviously, Trump, didn't have the greatest relationship with China and with the trade war and, and all. And we've heard, you know, different theories that maybe, you know, the Biden administration was beholding to China and maybe working with them on different things. But uh, this looks like, you know, on its face at least, a dispute and that they're trying to maybe unite the other nations to stand up to China. mm you know, obviously, China is the big guy. And, oh, yeah. Um, didn't they refer to Biden as the big guy? <laughs> Hunter Biden referred you know, those emails. Yes, yes, he did. Yeah, he did. But anyway, China is, is the one that has, you know, the, the powerful Navy and military, of course. And everybody's afraid of the big bully. And I guess the only possible way that they could withstand is if they're all united. And even then, it's probably going to be hard. It's, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to face a giant. Um, so apparently, also in their state-run China Daily newspaper, um, they they kind of are saying that Washington, that you know, this is about the U.S. They are saying that Washington sees any of their partners like as expendable, and they were also saying that Harris makes a was making a baseless attack against China. Um, and she's trying to drive a wedge between Beijing and the countries of Southeast Asia. So, mm. you know, they control the news. So they're able to say whatever they want to the people. And some people may not know any different because that's all they listen to. Mm. You know, just mm -hmm. like there's some people that only listen to CNN. So they don't know <laughs> any mm -hmm. different. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're definitely doing that. And I think that they've provided 70% of all the vaccines that have gone to countries in like Asia. China has. Mm -hmm. I so, see. Um, yeah, basically. It, you know, it's kind of interesting to gain influence here and they're having this dispute. They Obviously they feel threatened by the U S mm -hmm. um, sending Harris and trying to form too. these alliances. Um, they, they're <laughs> like the way it is now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the only way you really gain influence is money your free vaccines, whatever, uh, you know, something of value as you give it to these countries and they, they like you more. So it's almost like there's maybe a bidding war, China, us, you know, who's going to give me more. I'll be loyal to them. Yeah, it makes sense, but it's silly. Um, yeah. So basically the total of the vaccinations the U S are giving to the, uh, to Vietnam is 6 million doses. Mm. So mm. I think they really want them to take some vaccines. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So here it is. Um, do you want to guess a percentage of the Vietnam's population that's fully vaccinated prior to the 6 million being given or after? Well, yeah, right now, you know, I don't okay. think it's been given like quite yet. Uh, boy, I would say. 8%? Lower. <laughs> really? I thought I was going pretty low there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I think it's a relatively, well, you know, I want to say it's somewhat poor country. And they have not, 
they're low on the totem pole of getting these vaccines, you know. So, and I, I think that's true of a lot of countries. So let's go with 5%. It is 1.9%. Okay. It is extremely low. So 6 million is going to change that. Yeah, and they better take it or Harris will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's just so, it's so freaky. Um, yeah. Yeah, people I know, people very uh, close to me and close to you are, they fully vaccinated and they mm-hmm. have gotten COVID. True. And right. all they say is, if I had not gotten vaccinated, I can't <laughs> imagine how bad it would be. It was just a breakthrough infection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just, just about killed me. It was just a breakthrough infection. Oh, get this. The United States is also going to provide Vietnam with $23 million in aid to help uh, Hanoi combat COVID-19. H- Hanoi. Hanoi. Mm-hmm. That's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> so again... There is kind of a bidding war, and that shows the U.S. really does want Vietnam as a partner, and there could be a lot of reasons for that, too. You know, you hear of different items that we're not being able to get from China. Uh, Mm -hmm. Vietnam is, you know, has fairly good capacity to produce things, and they could perhaps step up as a competitor. All the made-in-Vietnam stuff. There we go. Uh, but yeah, basically, um, the national total of uh, COVID infection cases is 369,367. But that's in, in total. Uh, basically, I think it was like, it's kind of confusing the way they write it, but I think uh, there were 10,811 new infection cases on August 24th. Mm. So yeah, they they definitely need help. Um but that is some of what she's doing. If any, if anyone wonders what she's doing, that is mm. what she's doing. Yeah, it, it is interesting that China was recently mocking the U.S., of course, for Afghanistan, and uh, really, in a sense, kind of moving in on into Afghanistan, uh, forming partnership with Taliban and all that. So it's sort of like um, they're seeing it as an opportunity. They they truly want to occupy the world and. This is one area that they are going to take advantage of. Yeah, they are our biggest threat and our mm-hmm. largest enemy. And I really wish that our government mm-hmm. could see that and mm-hmm. start to realize that. Maybe they know, they just don't care. But yeah, everybody sold out to China. It's all about the money. Mm-hmm. So the NBA, everybody, mm-hmm. they will not say a word about China. Um, you have John Cena apologizing to China. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It was so gross. Um, okay, so um, you're going to get this. What is the most expensive city to rent a one-bedroom apartment? In the world? Uh, no, sorry, in the U.S. In the U.S. Oh, boy. Uh, it's not that complicated. It, like it, it, you're New, pro- New York City? Yes. Okay. I was <laughs> yeah. thinking Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I kind of thought... San Francisco. I kind of thought you would, like, you know, turn your brain up too much and then get super <laughs> analytical. Yeah. Um, but they just beat San Francisco. Okay. So... Uh, yeah, so now it's the most expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, any guesses on what the rent, the median rent would be? One bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm. apartment. Oh, how about thirty five hundred? No, that's more actually. It's twenty eight uh, ten. Okay. Two thousand eight hundred ten dollars in August mm-hmm. for a one bedroom unit, uh, which is up more than four percent from the year before. Obviously, the particular area might. Yeah, that's it. true. Yeah, and then in San Francisco, the price tag was uh, 2800 which mm. is 
down nearly 8% from August 2020. So mm. <laughs> prices are changing. I guess it means that uh, New York is getting more expensive. San Francisco is getting cheaper. You know, you wonder how all that fluctuated during the whole COVID. Uh, it seemed like folks were moving out of New York, and of course, it was shut down. You hear all kinds of atrocities in San Francisco in terms of uh, people, street people, and shoplifting, and all kinds of craziness and crime in both places. You know, and really even changing demographics of lowering population. So I, I don't know how how that's all ended up at that point. Yeah, that's a good point. I forgot to, uh, yeah, or I just forgot about that point of uh, people were just going to department stores and grabbing stuff because mm -hmm. the, what was it, the theft limit where the police would get involved was like $900. <laughs> so everybody was joking, oh, how about you mark up your stuff to where everything cost more than $900 <laughs> so right. that at least the police could get involved to handle some thefts. So yeah, people would just come in, take stuff, under their arms like TJ Maxx wow. and just walk out with uh, merchandise and you couldn't do anything about it. And what you would see is these uh, chains shutting down stores in these areas because yeah. obviously if they're losing money, why would you continue at, at a certain point? You know, unless you, th obviously if you feel like it's a one-time thing, but if you feel like, no, this is just going to keep going on and we're going <laughs> to keep losing money the longer, longer we stay here, the worse it'll get. So... Then, you know, there just aren't a lot of stores in a lot of these areas. You have to drive a while. And maybe the shoplifters don't want to drive that far. <laughs> so, therefore, they'll stay away. Time is money. That's right. <laughs> um, so, for a two-bedroom apartment, San Francisco is the most expensive. So, they have the median price of $3,830. And New York City is second at $3,000. And Washington, D.C. is third at $2,910. Mm. So go to D.C. so you can get your bargain prices. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, the San Francisco is really high on that. Oh, my gosh. And even way above New York it's for two bedrooms. Boy. It's just insane. Mm. Um, yeah, it definitely. You can understand why there's homelessness. Mm -hmm. There's no question there. Boy. And just poor management. Mm -hmm. That's why we're hopeful that Larry Elder will win. <laughs> you know, when... I, just keep trying to analyze it, obviously. Uh, somebody told me about some incident where somebody was stopped and they found 300 completed ballots in the back of their car. Yes, I heard about that. Uh -huh. So in other words, we can already see the cheating has begun. Yep. It probably never ended. Oh, yeah. And it's um, probably been going on for decades there. And then another thing is uh, there was this lady that was saying with the ballot for the California election... Basically, you know, where they have the transparent part on the envelope, it's placed perfectly to where it could see if you're voting yes or no mm. for like, you know, basically you could see who they're voting for and it's, it was just placed perfectly. Like wow. it was completely intentional. Yeah. Yeah. So th there's just so much, <laughs> so many tricks. So it's, it's so disgusting. So obviously the ones that are for recall will never see the light of day. Those ones will be somehow lost. Yeah, and everybody's already trying to give out this bad news about Larry Elder and that he's a white supremacist mm. and all this stuff. And it's just like, okay, even if that was all true, which I don't believe it was, but even if it was, 
He's still better than Newsom. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, what what are we doing here? Like this guy is not unknown. He's been on the radio for quite a few years. Yeah, and he's in the public. Um, you know, everybody can see him and he, listen to him nightly. And uh, yeah, crazy to think that uh, something like that would be hidden. That's just election, you know, slander. Yeah, and it's just like, okay, well, then let's start talking about Newsom. You know, mm-hmm. like, he's such a great guy. <laughs> he's so great that he, they want to recall him. That's how great he is. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, you wonder how it all is playing out. So many people have left California this past year and two. And you think those could have been votes for recall. Probably a lot of them, because those were people that were fed up so fed up they couldn't couldn't wait to get out. So all those votes will no long, you know, will not go uh, toward recall. So it, it'll be interesting. Um, you know, I think a lot of small businesses have been destroyed. Tons of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the restaurant industry. I think it was like during the the high of COVID, it was like seventy percent of them had to shut mm-hmm. down. And it, it wasn't because it had to. It was because of these stupid laws and mandates that Newsom provided. Because there were other places where, like in Florida, they didn't have the same rules and people were fine. Mm. So, yeah, he's a terrible, terrible governor and he deserves to go. And they're probably doing it once again. Oh, gosh. the lockdowns, masks, mandates, all that. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so let's listen to some of Saki uh, answering some questions from uh, Ducey. Go ahead. Thank you, Jen. At the tail end of the president's remarks today about cybersecurity, he was asked about Afghanistan, and he made a I think joke. Peter asked him that question. The other Peter did, and he made a joke. So what's so funny? Well, I think the question he was asked, if I remember correctly, was about uh, when he will provide information about a decision on August 31st. I don't want to paraphrase the question if that was an inaccurate description of the question. Of Of course, it's a very important question. And I think what he conveyed uh, is that um, he has not, well, what I can convey from here, I should say, is that uh, as he stated yesterday, and as the Secretary of State just stated, we're on track to complete our mission by August 31st. Obviously, there are discussions, uh, and the President received a briefing just this morning. Uh, as I noted, he asked yesterday for contingency plans, and he received a briefing on them this morning. These are incredibly serious issues, and there are discussions that are happening internally. And I note that um, in addition to the contingency uh, plans that he, uh, he requested, he also, I will reiterate, as, as we stated yesterday, that this is all contingent on a achieving our objectives and our continue and the continued coordination with the Taliban. And the President has spoken, I would say, to this issue. Peter, as you know, you've been attended a number of these multiple times over the last several days. Um, and he has also uh, highlighted the fact that we are closely watching, closely following uh, the threats from ISIS-K, which he also received a briefing on this morning. And his remarks last night, he gave a lot of time to the domestic agenda. Does he think that the Build Back Better plan is as urgent and as time-sensitive as this event? evacuation of Americans and Afghan friendlies from Kabul? Well, first of all, uh, I think it's important to the American people who care deeply about whether they're going to have jobs, whether they're uh, going to have child care, uh, whether they are going, whether we are going to be able to compete uh, with China and countries around the world, to understand that we have to do multiple things at the same time. That's okay. exactly what any president of the United States has to and do. The next one, just as these negotiations about safe passage for Americans and mm-hmm. SIV holders continue, why haven't we heard the president say 
the United States does not negotiate with terrorists. Is that still the U.S. policy? Well, of course it is, Peter, but I would also say that uh, there's a reality that the Taliban is currently controlling large swaths of Afghanistan. Uh, that is a reality on the ground. And right now our focus and our priority is getting American citizens evacuated and our Afghan partners evacuated. And I would say, given the numbers that we have outlined and briefed for you, uh, that we have had made a great deal of progress in doing exactly that. Okay, go ahead, Justin. Um, thanks. I had a couple, but actually to kind of follow up on the question that Peter just sure. asked. Um, you've talked about the coordination with the Taliban and uh, that there's the president's obviously made this threat of a severe response if they disrupt the effort to get Americans out. But I'm wondering, has the, U the U.S. offered the Taliban anything in terms of cash or supplies uh, to help facilitate this coordination? No, this is not a quote, quid pro quo. Uh, we have uh, laid out clearly what our expectations are about moving American citizens and our Afghan uh, partners, allies, out of the country, and that's what we are working to deliver on. Um, the Fed has their big meeting in Jackson, Jackson Hole this week, or a virtual one mm -hmm. thanks to that. I'm wondering if the president has spoken to Chairman Powell ahead of that meeting or met with him. I, no, I don't have any updates or previews or readouts of meetings or engagements with Chairman Powell. I don't know like anything, and I like <laughs> I just I don't get why people are asking me questions all the time. It's kind of aggravating. <laughs> what about that? What's so funny? Question. She didn't answer that one. She did not. <laughs> Uh -huh. Yeah, it was a very legitimate question. When you ask a question like that, why is the president laughing? Mm -hmm. It's not funny. Mm -hmm. It's not funny. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand why they just, they go so easy on him. They go so easy on him and they just let them act this way. Uh, but yeah, Ducey asks good questions. And uh, the reality is we are negotiating with terrorists. <laughs> That's all it is. I, I love that thing about, uh, we have to do multiple things at the same time. But, of course, when they talk to Vice President Harris, she says, no, we're focusing on getting them out right now. And that's the only thing we're going to focus on. Then why are you in Vietnam? Why are you <laughs> not there in Afghanistan <laughs> right. helping? Glenn Beck is doing so much more than our president <laughs> ever would. <laughs> yeah, you, I don't know, to me, you can clearly see the distancing of her from this and there has to be some reasons behind that. So when he's thrown under the bus, she will come up and right and drive the bus. I don't think people like her either, though. They mm -hmm. they really got to be careful with what they're doing here. They they're dumb. They are very dumb. You know the way they see it is if it gets bad enough, somebody's head has to roll. <laughs> no pun intended, but you know if it's Biden, then. Uh, she would just step right in and kind of with clean hands, supposedly. You know, although, yeah, they have asked her questions about it, but she's staying as far away from it as she possibly can. Yeah. <laughs> Harris, that is. Yeah, all, all we get is a laugh from her, too. Everybody's just laughing away. This was <laughs> right. the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> I, I guess they would probably say the reporter's questions are so funny. You know, so any question that pressures you a little bit, might make you think, might make you tremble, you just laugh. So that, yeah. that seems to be their approach. I guess so. It just remember, laugh, always laugh. Uh, the question he asked at the end about uh, they were going to have, um, I think, kind of the Fed do a meeting in Jackson Hole, mm -hmm. uh, Yellowstone, you know, that area. And I think because of COVID, they decided to, you know, 
not cancel it, but make it Zoomified, mm, mm-hmm. virtual. Mm. And, yeah, and just asking whether Biden had gotten any preview or something. No. Yeah. Okay. I don't no. know. Not aware of that. Not aware of anything. Okay. <laughs> so quit asking questions. Um, but yeah, it did seem like she kind of was making a little bit of light of it. Mm. And that's mm. why you had to say like, no, like this is, this is serious. Mm. <laughs> it kind of comes off like they just think it's funny. Yeah. You know, what do you do? Uh, you can't say he didn't make a joke. Um, I, I don't know. They can't. I don't think they've been trying anymore to explain, you know, why he does what he does, why he says what he says. Then they just clarify it and say what the, what the position should be, and then they just leave him out there, whatever he said. Oh well, we don't know what he's doing, but the position is that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right, Dad. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so for the verse Ephesians, yeah, Ephesians two. Verse 14, for he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity. Mm -hmm. I'm having trouble saying that word. Um, That is the law of commandment contained in ordinances so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. Mm. Yeah, and I could continue, but but yeah. yeah, even even with all the chaos in the world, there's really only one thing mm. that matters, and and it's God. And God is He's won the war, and so I can always, you know, put my trust in that. Mm-hmm. That no matter how ugly this life gets, uh, God is is there, and yeah, He protects us. He protects us. Um, he's protecting the people in Afghanistan, and yeah, I you know. Yeah, I get frustrated myself, but um, really reading the Bible is extremely helpful. <laughs> mm-hmm. It gives perspective, and yeah, just trying to uh, get a hold of that um, verse, you know, how the law versus the spirit and faith, and um, it's speaking of reconciliation, peace that comes through Jesus Christ, he is our peace. And he's broken down the wall of separation that us through our sin and not obeying the law, you know, we're unable to fulfill that, you know, with obedience and holiness toward the law. So we would be forever excluded. But because of him, we can be reconciled to God. Yeah, because he took the punishment on himself. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, Yeah, let's end it there. Hope you guys enjoyed the show and learned a lot. Maybe let me know one day if you did learn anything. Hope you have a great day. Goodbye.